Hey, Pop. Are we online? Almost. You take the blue pill. The story ends. You wake up in your bed and believe whatever you want. You take the red pill. You stay in Wonderland. And I show you how deep the rabbit hole goes. I'm sorry, this is the fun V. The humdrum V is back there. Coming to you not live from wherever is convenient for us. That ain't no Etch-A-Sketch. This is one doodle that can't be undid, Holmes Gillett. A seditious symphony of silver screen shenanigans. The enemy will see us, the flash of our cannons. They will hear the ring of our swords and they will know what we can do. This is the Revolution Review. Means buckle your seatbelt door. Because Kansas is going bye bye. 60% of the time, it works every time. That doesn't make sense. And neither does this. Welcome to the Revolution Review. I am your host, Tony Smith, and I am a sweet Szechuan spicy duckling, which means I am more expensive than everybody else. Hi, I'm Kyle, and I think Antonio Banderas is my real father. I'm Amber, and I shot the sheriff. But did you shoot the deputy? Well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you're, just, you're just a mass murderer of law enforcement <laughs> officials. Take him down! Welcome to the Revolution Review! <laughs> pew, pew! Pew, pew! <laughs> <laughs> Your local underground movie review. Uh, this week we watched the movie The Losers, and we're going to review it. But first... We must go because uh, the last segment kind of failed on the last episode. We're changing it up, and now we have the preview reviews with Kyle. My first preview, dancing. Dancing where there should be fighting. Dancing in 3D. Don't go see it. Step up 3D. Next, what happens when a poor kid and his mom win the lottery and take the ticket to claim their prize? They find and find that the office is going to be closed for the next three days. Stuck with his winning ticket in hand, he decides to tell no one for fear of having it stolen, but lets it slip to his friends, who let it slip to everyone else, and spends the next three days defending his ticket. Starring Little Bow Wow, Ice Cube as an old man, and Gibbenga Inigable. I ain't going to see it. You shouldn't either. Lottery ticket. I don't know a lot about this next movie, but it looks great, with a lot of big names like Stallone and Schwarzenegger, and a lot of big other muscly guys. Oh, and Jet Li too. Lots of action, lots of fun. Expendables. See it. When scientists do some crazy cloning experiment crossing human DNA with something else, they go through the moral issue of deciding whether to keep it or kill it, when eventually it decides to turn on them. It looks great, but I'm too scared to see it, because cloning something in a lab that one day decides to eat you just ain't my cup of tea. MacGruber! Yeah! MacGruber! See it! Yeah! Alright, the losers. Now, before we get to it, I've got one thing I have to say. Don't stop believing! Woo! Hold on to that feeling. Take it, Kyle. I don't know the song. <laughs> <laughs> you fail. I do. 
Uh, favorite part of the whole movie right there. Uh, if you haven't seen it yet, you have to go see it just for that moment in the movie. Just the singing in the elevator with the headphones. and Ah! Ah! <laughs> loved it! And then, like, throughout the movie, they kept throwing the song back in there, which I thought was really cool. It was great. Okay, so The Losers, uh, based off of a comic book. Who knew? Who knew? Kyle, do you know that? No. Amber knew. Way Never read it, but I knew. Never read tell it. Us. Why don't you tell us about that, Amber? Yeah. I, I thought you... Just, I figured you knew! Did you just see it walking around the con? How did you not know you worked at the store? I'm pretty sure you told me. Uh, I'm under the gun now. <laughs> I don't recall reading a comic book, but I did do some research. Allow me to read from the all-wise and all-knowing Wikipedia. Uh, it was a, a really old comic that they came out with in World War II part of their war series comics to get kids on board with killing Nazis, which I'm all for. I'm who isn't really <laughs> true. Let's go kill some Nazis. Nazis. Anywho. Different movie. Uh, but it got respun out in 2004, uh, as a vertigo series comic, which is kind of DC's darker underground, cool hipster comic book line. Uh, do do the new series set in the present concerns a team of special forces soldiers who declare war on the central intelligence agency after their agency handler tries to assassinate them. Hmm. Doesn't that sound a lot like burn notice? I've never seen that movie. Yeah, it really does. Uh, it's a TV series. Not oh, a movie. Okay. That's why I haven't <laughs> seen it. But, uh, I would assume burn notice would be based off of this things, how it was newer than 2004. But, that's either here nor there. So, did it kind of have that comic booky feel for you? Yes. I, there I were it. elements that did. Such as? <laughs> Not fair. <laughs> <laughs> and the credits don't count. <laughs> the opening where they had those... No. Um. <laughs> they had the comic book drawings of the characters. Yes, that was very comic booky. Good catch. That's when I knew it was a comic book at one time. Because <laughs> it said point. DC Vertigo at yeah. the beginning of the movie. I guess uh, one thing was actually the bad guy Max was buying some amazing new weapon that dematerialized a whole island. A whole island, <laughs> and it was it was such a reach that it was very comic booky. I thought that the labels of the places are they're kind of stamped over everything. Oh, that was kind of cool. Kind of reminded like really the like the comic book box feel of how things go. So, uh, plot wise, let's talk about the story a little bit. How did you feel about the story? Did it did it work for you? Did it not work for you? I mean, we went into this movie not knowing anything about it, as opposed to last week where we did Kick Ass, where we knew way too much about it. <laughs> <laughs> this week we're like, let's go see a movie we know nothing about. So knowing nothing about this, how did the story work for you? How did the plot work for you? Did it make sense? Was it entertaining? And how did you feel about it? It was really easy to follow, and that's a good thing. Even with a couple of twists thrown in there that you may have expected, may not have expected, it was still easy to follow, and it flowed really well. Would you agree with that, Kyle? Yeah. Usually movies like this, I don't understand. I get lost halfway through. I was like, look, explosions. That's the litmus test. If Kyle understands the movie... That's good for you guys. <laughs> it works really well. I felt that in the beginning, they kind of played the uh, the assumption game, like... They already assumed you knew all these things about the characters and their nuances and their different things. I felt that they kind of jumped into it, which I didn't like at first. They're like, here's this guy's name, and here's what he does, and here's this guy's name, and here's what he does. And we already know the character personality traits. Let's get into the plot. 
Now it's kind of like, I don't know the characters that well. We're jumping into this movie. And I don't know who these people are. But as it went on, clearly got to know them, clearly saw their personalities. They had some and, depth and I, to them. And it lost that. It added that depth to it. So it didn't leave me hanging in that sense as uh, some movies have in the past. But uh, this way, it, it, it did catch up. I actually like that it kind of jumped in without really giving you a lot of character development at first. Because it was straight to action. And it grabs you just from the first scenes and runs with it. And then it kind of brings all of that other element, all of those other elements in later. True. I, yeah, I like movies that just kind of or just go from the from just the start of the film. Uh, much like Taken was. It's just you start, it goes, and boom, you're off to the races. And the movie ends. You're like, oh, that was exciting. I'll unbuckle <laughs> my safety belt now. <laughs> so I know you like the story. You thought it was good writing. Uh, how'd you feel about the, uh, well, not how'd you feel, but what did you think of all the different kinds of weapons that they had in the movie? Like the r- handmade rocket launcher that they put the <laughs> GPS device on the shutout and all the different guns and stuff. I mean, what was, Kyle, what was your favorite weapon in the whole movie? My favorite one was when that, when that one chick showed up with that giant rocket launcher and blew up the building. I did like the, uh, Blagiver... Rocket launcher. Rocket launcher. <laughs> PVC pipe thing he I'm the created. Black yeah, I will say that about the writing in the movie. It was a very quotable movie. And just hilarious. Hilarious. I was laughing through the whole thing and just I could repeat all the lines all day long. That's right. I have a crossbow. <laughs> <laughs> which was very much in contrast to last week's movie, which was not at all quotable. True, true. I didn't walk away with anything from Kick-Ass that I could quote, and this one, just probably every other line you could walk away with. <laughs> Definitely a very quotable movie. What was your? What was one of your favorite lines from the movie, Amber? I, just, I still love MacGyver. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like a black MacGyver. <laughs> MacGyver. You got to, up to that point, you started to like that character so much anyway. Right. That just that really stuck in your head for some reason. I don't know. <laughs> it's funny. Pooch. Pooch. Who calls name. himself Pooch? Oh. Everybody explained to me half of the film, uh, I think it's because he has the bobblehead dog on his thing. I was like, what? <laughs> oh, yeah, Pooch is no name for a dog. <laughs> I, I thought of it more as he had the bobblehead chihuahua because his nickname was Pooch. But why his nickname would be Pooch, I'm not sure. <laughs> so. I don't know if I want my nickname to be Pooch. <laughs> no, I guess it'd, be have, to, it'd have to be... Because he drives everything. He's a driver. He drives the helicopter and the van. And, and he's always he got drives the... drives the helicopter? Whatever. Flies it. <laughs> there you go. And he's always got the, the dog sitting on the dash of everything, so they call him Pooch. That's what I get at. That's what you get out of it? Yeah, because it's a, it's a car... It's a dash, car dash, bobblehead. Please explain to me what this <laughs> this, what this bouncing head dog is a little more. Because I've been locked in the cave for 30 years. <laughs> like your hula girl on... Okay, I'm <laughs> joking. <laughs> That was a joke. <laughs> well, these are the jokes, people. Thank you, Kyle, for sticking with us through all your thoughts, we'll call them. <laughs> hey, he's on topic. <laughs> At least he's on topic. <laughs> Which is better than last week. I will agree with that. <laughs> the betrayal. Did, did you oh, see? did not see it coming from anywhere. I oh. did not see it coming. They were such a tight group. How do you... And even with the, the squabbling before that, I just did I just not it was expect like, it. Like a mom and dad type of deal, squabbling. <laughs> like mommy, like daddy just hit mommy at the dinner table. <laughs> <laughs> kind of mom and dad squabbling. He's like, I want to cut your head off. No, 
That reminds me of my parents at home. This brings me I back. I believe that line actually did come out at some point in the movie. I'm sorry, I tried to cut your head off. <laughs> no, it reminds <laughs> me of my parents. Oh, no, I, yeah, That's you're right. You're right. You did say that. Chris Evans' character spilled that beauty out. Another quotable line from the movie. But no, I did not. Usually I'm good at. Annoyingly so, I would say. Amber would say. I am very annoyingly so I can pick out how movies are going to end. We didn't even go see Shutter Island. That's crazy. Because That's I creepy. saw the preview and went, ah, this is what's going to happen in the movie. And it did. And so we're like, great. But I didn't see it coming. When uh, when he opened up the container and he's like, I think someone ran us out. I thought there was a container full of like people with guns. Oh, I had no idea what was going to be in the container. And we hit him with the head. I wasn't like, oh my God. Ah! I wasn't crazy surprised. But like, I didn't see it coming at all. Yeah. Now what? It was a soft surprise. Right. Very surprising, but soft. A soft way. surprise. <laughs> that now sounds a little dirty. <laughs> so is it like when like if you're in a party, like a surprise party, you walk in and he's like, hey, hey, surprise. I don't, surprise, calm down. It's a little like a that. soft it makes surprise. Me think From the character cream. himself, you kind of expected Something was weird about him, I, I expect but him you to didn't expect him to fully betray them. So you just expect him to walk away from the whole team, yeah, not to actually betray the whole team. Yep. And Maybe that's why it was soft, because you just expected some kind of backstabbing, but not a full-on betrayal. <laughs> I like it. I like it. It's good. Now, betrayal or not, in the movie, bad guy gets away on a bus, <laughs> gets robbed by some hooligans. <laughs> um, sequel. I hope so. Please don't. Hey. <laughs> All right. We have differing opinions. Debate. Kyle, why should there be a sequel? Because the first one was great. The first one was great. I'll give it that. But Here comes the it. first one being great does not necessarily mean there needs to be another one. <laughs> Let's but just leave the greatness. They left it open for another one and some, some unresolved conflicts between the guy and the girl after they kill Max. I hope they do something. They didn't kill Max. But after, because they said they're going to finish that dance after they kill Max. Oh, okay. Yeah, leaving it open with the same bad guy, not such a good idea. We already know what he does. I thought the, I thought revealing who Max was was a little disappointing. The man, the voice, the raspy voice. And he's like, I'm Max. I'm standing on a building. Yeah, he wasn't intimidating. He wasn't. But that was kind of his appeal. Yeah. Was he didn't even get his hands dirty until like the end of the movie. Except for he shot the umbrella lady. Oh, that's true. Yeah. That was. <laughs> he didn't even look her in the eye. Totally Just... saw it coming. Very funny. Yeah, yeah. Still <laughs> saw it coming. You're like, hey, he's going to shoot her. Because the wind blew her away. She's tiny. Why did you hire a tiny woman? The wind's the wind's a court that. Of course the wind is going to blow her away. She was tiny and holding an umbrella. <laughs> it was totally a Mary Poppins moment. <laughs> oh my god, he shot Mary Poppins. Oh, that's depressing. Maybe in a sequel they'll go more in the depth as to why Max's hand is the way it is. Yeah. They never talked about that. Yeah, not at all. Just kept it covered up until that like weird Indian now. guy was massaging it. That was odd. Yeah. I was like, what is going on here? I was like, oh. <laughs> You almost expected uh, bad things to happen. <laughs> Thank goodness they didn't. It's only rated PG. <clears throat> yeah. PG-13. Whatever. Yeah. <laughs> Must be 13 to enter. For, for a PG-13 movie, as you bring that up, I want to say that I'm glad they made it PG-13 because 
I thought it was a fun movie, and if they took it to R, I think it would have been unnecessary. I think it was good the way it is. Uh, not necessarily a whole family movie, you know, because it obviously <laughs> had its moments. But uh, taking your 14-year-old, your teenager to see it uh, makes them get the feeling that they're going to see the big badass rated R movie, but it's not rated R. Yeah. You know, they, it has that feel, no, but it doesn't they have the... Right. kept the language under wraps really well, and the violence was... It was the same thing. They didn't go overused on the blood. They didn't do anything along those lines. And while it was violent and there was blood, it wasn't anything that was going to be scary or traumatizing to small children. All right, I agree. Now, let's focus on the visual there. Let's move on to that. Um, CG-wise... I felt, let me see how I felt. I felt the CG, especially compared to, I'll, <laughs> I'm out of lost words right now. I'm going to premise this right now. Earlier this week, <laughs> I had the, the absolute privilege to sit down in front of my TV and watch a piece of cinematic gold known as Ninja Assassin. <laughs> and everybody's like, what are you talking about? <laughs> it's, I hate it's, that movie. It's not cinematic gold, but... <laughs> there was just all this CG blood and the and the computer graphics were just gross and cheesy in it. And as we talked about last week, even in Kick-Ass, some of the CG was, was not there. It was just lacking. It was too much and I, I didn't like the, it. it uh, took first away first player game when she was wearing... Not even that. Like, I, I can accept. But, like, when they're tossing the guns and all that, you could definitely see it was CG and, you know, it, it was really flimsy. I have no eye for that. I thought I this movie, being a comic book, being as goofy as it was, it didn't look cheesy. Not at all. Like, the blood, any blood, any gore, anything that happened like that, which there wasn't really a lot of because it was PG-13. Uh, the explosions, you know, the action sequences, it wasn't cheesy. It didn't feel fake. It felt like more movie magic than it did CG green screens. Would the you agree? Only, the only moment that I really even noticed was when she did appear with the rocket launcher. It was... You could tell there was a lot of CG there. Right. But other than that, I mean, it blended in really well. Yeah. I had no idea. You had no idea? No, no, no. Well, I mean, look, think about the, let's talk about the island scene where the, they puts the bomb on the island and everything is <laughs> sucked up like it's, I felt I was watching an episode of Lost or something. Well, I didn't know what was going on. <laughs> Even though that was island. clearly, clearly computer generated, it still didn't necessarily feel that way yeah it didn't they it had covered a slight it well and hint it of believability right. yeah yeah correct i was like he just sucked up an island does anyone else care <laughs> i felt like i was the only yeah, one that someone cared. in the world has got to notice that that island is missing no matter how what size it is it was a good size island yeah but it's not like he was trying to hide that fact he was just testing it and he's gonna unleash him on the rest of the world i guess one little island's not gonna matter if la got sucked in one of those that's you know? true no one would notice after la went away <laughs> But like the island, another example I had was the uh, the school bus explosion where they that little like short bus, <laughs> like the whole thing explodes and it's behind them and usually they would be like, oh look at that, it's fire. Uh. But it didn't. If I had that feel, that movie magic feel, like they actually threw up an explosion behind a bus and maybe they did. I at don't know. I couldn't movie, tell the you're difference. So sucked into the characters and into what's going on that I think even no matter how CG it was, it didn't matter. Right at that point. It was, it was pretty funny. And I don't remember what made it funny, but I was laughing through that scene too. <laughs> Which is maybe a little depressing. <laughs> maybe it was the children in the back of the bus A being bunch of kids by on fire. a short bus that's about to explode. I mean, <laughs> it's hilarious. Hilarious small children being barbecued. <laughs> Which they get 
barbecued anyways. But you not peed yourself in that helicopter blew up. Not totally <laughs> so funny. Hey, helicopter died. <laughs> it's not funny when you expect it. <laughs> I think that uh, that that element of of really mixing in the CG well made for some really cool cinematography moments. My favorite of the whole movie. Being when he's got he's doing like the psychic <laughs> the gun telekinetic. deal. And that guy sh- was a card. And this the way they shot him like that. Did you just say that guy was a card? <laughs> <laughs> he's a character. <laughs> Don't laugh at me. As cow- Is he a jack or a king? <laughs> As he put on his driving cap and strapped on his scarf. <laughs> that gentleman was a card. <laughs> did I ever tell you about the time? <laughs> The rousing okay, story of cotton gin. Those <laughs> whippersnappers and their silly jokes. Par for the course, guy. The card. Oh my goodness! You get to sit in the corner for a minute. <laughs> Back to what I was talk. talking about: cinematography. So they have this moment where he's got the psychic guns of doom out in front of him, and just the way they angle shot it, it reminded me of uh, like. Trinity in the Matrix, when she had the gun to the agent's head, has a comic booky view kind of feel. Like he's just out, and his hands are just larger than life. And after he did the whole thing, and they like, he's like, "Hey, tip of the hat to you, sniper in the other building," you know. And it goes out through the bullet holes. Even though that was all CG, it still looked really cool. It was just a really cool, visually stimulating, as everyone would say, moment <laughs> in the movie. Would you agree? I would. <laughs> And now I have nothing to say because you stole my sniper guy tipping his hat back to him. He said like five words in the whole movie. I giggled every time they said his name though because his name was Cougar and all I could think about was like Cougar Town. old yeah, like old women picking up on young kids. Like <laughs> when else do we? Why is he Cougar? Why? I think the moment with, what's the, with the hat. I think the moment with the hat was the only time he ever spoke English in the movie. He spoke Spanish a lot. He did at the beginning when he was talking to all the kids. He spoke Spanish quite a bit. Yeah. So it was the only thing he said was "Don't ever touch the hat," or some along those lines. That's all I remember. Yeah. Yeah. No, when they were when they were in the pharmacy, all agreeing to go back that night, he did say um, three. three. Numero tres. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe not like that. <laughs> But moments like that, I thought that the, uh, again, I, you know, the Matrix kind of revolutionized this whole action photography thing. But, you know, when, like, like you know, when the guy's getting kicked out of the plane backwards, or they, even the, when they had the cockfight, oh, just when they had those, like, moments of slow motion, action-y sequence, bullet time camera stuff was really well done. I thought it was really well One good moment shot. when they were um, in the hotel room at the beginning when he first met Aisha... And they were fighting, was? and it would slow down at certain points. Yeah, and the fire was all behind him, and it didn't look like cheesy Not at Ghost Rider. Really but it was very... Because cage fires, it was, it was a good, high-quality fire. It was very reminiscent of moments in Watchmen, <coughs> which yeah, may have was. been because it was Jeffrey Dean Morgan. Which is also the comedian. DC Vertigo. Correct? Yeah, it's Watchmen's under DC. So it's probably directed and shot by, if I, not same people or around the same similar, lines. It's yeah. funded by the same people, so I guess. <laughs> I like it when they picked up the knives. I expected him all the the slashing and stabbing and throwing the knives like in the in the what was it called? I forgot the name. Watchmen movie. When who picked up what knives? The 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 guy that played the comedian. <laughs> it's not very specific. No, it's not. I'm gonna stop now. Sorry. I wanted him to get thrown out of a window. That's what I wanted. 
<laughs> Human bean juice everywhere. Yeah, yeah. Now we're quoting Watchmen. Awesome. Good. Done. Moving on. <laughs> I thought that uh, I got kind of excited when they were at the airplane having their epic I betrayed you, I'm your commander fight. And the guy had the knives, and it was kind of, it was kind of lame. Well, he's like, I got all these knives. Almost he's kind of not that great of a knife fighter. But that's besides the point. I like how he had the gun, and I'm like, why does he have a gun still? It's empty. It doesn't have any bullets. And he just flips it around, and he's gonna just like pistol whip him <laughs> with the butt end of the gun. And I was like, this is this is my action movie right here. This is what I like. It's to true see. scrapping. Just using whatever you got. Come at him. Guns butted up and ready to hit. Not so much on the blazing side. <laughs> well, not only were the graphics fun to look at, so was the wardrobe. It was really good. Yes. <laughs> now, I know Kyle had one point he wanted to make about the wardrobe. I'll let him take it because I wanted to say it too, but he's just chomping at the bit to mention this. Take it away, Kyle. It was, it was the shirts. I forget the guy's name. Um, Jensen. Uh, Jensen. His shirts. Every scene. Like the so the I heart. Zombies of the heart was no, a gun. I shoot, I shoot zombies. Right. I mean, the heart. So you, you see, like, I heart. And so the heart, it was a gun. Yeah. So like, I shoot zombies. Which was really funny because they had just popped up out of coffins. True. Indeed. <laughs> I didn't even think about when, that. When I he was the hot dog it. vendor with the hot dog hot dog shirt. That yeah. shirt, that was honestly, creepy. funny, but creepy. Yeah. yeah. My favorite had to be the AT-ATs getting it on. Now what? Now what? Real love. What part of the movie did that uh, did that coincide with? Is it the hot dogs with the hot dog vendor, the zombies with the coffins? That's a good question. Anybody he got shot in that Anybody? scene? <laughs> I guess they broke in on the two of the other people trying to about to get they it were on. In bed, yeah. So, and what was he wearing in bed, Amber? The- white shirt that he wore through the whole movie. The white shirt with the black jacket that apparently just... Jeffrey Dean Morgan wears the same outfit through the whole movie. And it's the most amazing white button-up shirt in the world because it never gets dirty. Ever. I want to buy one. Yeah. Apparently it's self-cleaning. You can wear it for days on end without it smelling bad. You sweat in it. You still (laughs) look good. Bulletproof. Maybe not ninja star proof like VWs are. (laughs) If you don't know, watch uh, Ninja's Assassin. You'll Ninja get that. Assassin. Or don't watch it and save yourself time of your life. Like time and... Never mind. There's a lot <laughs> of Moving on. Ninjas. So yeah, I love the I love this t-shirt. So I was just kind of like, oh, where do I get that shirt? Oh, where do I buy that shirt? Is that a Second Amendment clothing shirt? Can I get one of those from Tim? <laughs> Is that a Woot Shameless shirt? plug. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, Kyle, you liked <coughs> Jensen's shirts. Amber, you didn't like, or maybe like... Or don't believe the Colonel's shirt. <laughs> How did you feel about the characters themselves? Besides, what, what would you feel the people underneath the wardrobe? Did, were they likable? Were the characters? Did they make sense? Did they? Did they? You know, were they uh, good choices to play these characters? I I think they were excellent choices to play them. Chris Evans is a little bit goofy, but still able to pull off a little bit of the badassness. And Jeffrey Dean Morgan was really good just at being that authority figure and the dad figure for the whole group. He just kind of kept everybody together. And even though he was struggling with his own identity, he knew his team so well and he loved his team so much that it kind of got him through. Yeah, I I thought that the characters themselves in the movie, I liked a lot. You know, they, they each had their own uh, personality traits. So you could kind of get a lot. It was really a traditionalist feel when it came to the the team dynamic, which we'll get to in a second. But um, 
I like who they picked because they were there were people who've been in some things, but they weren't big names. Yeah, which kind of was a little cool going with the whole the losers feel because they had like a big name, so it was big. It was, I think it would be too over the top, and the fact that they were just kind of these people you are usually uh, supporting actors and you know contributing stars, but uh, and this time they got to actually be the frontman of it, and I thought it, it filled out well. But one comic booky nerd moment. I'm really getting upset about Chris Evans being in comic book movies because he's been the Human Torch and now he will be Captain America along with this character. That was next on our list. <laughs> hey, segue! <laughs> Great segue, Amber. Uh, yeah, yeah, we uh, got the word that he was supposed to be uh, Steve Rogers in the Captain America movie. Kyle looks like he's about to cry. He better do a good job. We're going to be pissed. That's all I have to say. Yeah, I I don't necessarily think him as an actor. I don't necessarily think it's a bad pick. I mean, because you know when he was like changing his clothes, the elevator, you can see he has the build to do it. Um, but he's already been the Human Torch, and now he's you know in the Losers, which is a DC. I'll give him yeah. the separate universes, but having two characters in Marvel, if there ever needs to be a moment where they're together, then you've got a conflict. <laughs> That's a problem. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. So I don't like that. I mean, they, they're doing that with... Um... Oh, Amber, who are they doing it with? Ryan Reynolds. Ryan Reynolds, yeah. He is Deadpool and the Green Lantern. And the Green Lantern. So... Well, but we're... I like him much better as Deadpool. Correct. <laughs> so that... I. On that subject, I mean, I guess we'll just wait and see. see I will if that works admit, out. though, after this movie, feel I feel better. better about it. He can definitely pull off the stunts like Steve could. Yeah, jumping over rooftops. You definitely have a different look in this movie. It took a me a while. Bit nerdy. I was looking I'm like, is that, is that the Human Torch? <laughs> <laughs> it took me a while to figure out that that's who it actually was. Once it started making all of his jokes, you knew. Yeah, yeah. 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 So he would have been a good Spider-Man. He would have been a way better Spider-Man. Definitely. Better what... writing would have made a better Spider-Man. <laughs> I still think they should have gone with James Franco as Spider-Man instead of as Harry. How many movies have we reviewed in this podcast so far? <laughs> I think I have it at four. <laughs> and the movie tally goes up. <laughs> yeah. All right, uh, we were a minute ago, we were talking about team dynamics. Did you feel like they had uh, good dynamics as a team? I know that uh, Kyle was feeling a little strongly about this. How did you feel that they worked as a, as a team together? Good. Awesome. Yes. Good? Yes. <laughs> You're the one who probably the topic. Your strong feelings. Yeah. Absolutely. No, I felt like I mentioned before. I felt that uh, they were really had that classic feel, where um, reminded me of like the old old cartoons where you had you know the uh, like the Mighty Ducks cartoon or the Biker Mice from Mars or Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Even. Who are my members of Biker Mice? <laughs> you remember the Biker Mice? I do. <coughs> or even uh, like I say, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, where each character has a specific personality trait. But they work so well. Together. Right, they all work well together, but there's always somebody you can, you know, relate to. There's the leader, and then there's the ultra buff guy, and then there's, like, the funny guy who does a lot of techno stuff, and then there's, you know, the... The family guy. The quiet guy, and then the family <laughs> guy. Yeah, there's all these different elements and all these different characters they bring in, and the, as a unit, they work well together. I didn't think any one character overshadowed another. Not in, at all. Yeah. Um, I thought from the very first scene that took off really well, because... When they discovered that there were kids in the house that was about to get bombed, there was kind of this unspoken thing between all of them that... They just knew they were going in. They just all knew that it was going to happen. 
and they just all agreed straight off the bat to do it and they knew each other so well and were so tight-knit that it wasn't even a discussion there was no problem with them going in to do that and it was, it was a good thing <laughs> good all right so overall the losers kyle what do you think about it great movie i'll see it again see it again would you recommend it to other people yes everyone <laughs> Amber? I liked it a lot. I thought cinematically it was shot really well. The actors were chosen really well. The script was really good. And it was just fun overall. And that may have been a lack of expectation with this one, but it was just, it was a lot of fun to watch. It was one that I'd definitely watch again. Okay, I would agree. I, uh, I went into it, not knowing really anything about it. I had really low expectations for it. Um, everybody was like, why are you going to see that movie? That movie's going to suck. And I had no, I hadn't really heard anything about it really. Um, so going into it with that, I had a little bit of, I was expecting it to do bad. So I was looking for the bad things in the beginning. By the end of the movie, I had completely forgotten all those things that I had, uh, I thought were bad. So I thought it was a plus effort. Great movie. Um, I think it's going to be way underappreciated. I think so too. I hope they don't do a sequel. Because I'm afraid it's going to, much like Panic at the Disco's first CD was so great. <laughs> and the second one just went, wah, wah. Uh, Same with Against Me CD. I don't know why we're talking about music. But <laughs> I can't really think of any movies that were so excellent. And then the second one was really lame. Usually they have a sequel and they're just lame from the beginning. Um, but I, I really like this movie. I hope they don't come out the sequel that, that ruins it for me. So uh, if you haven't seen it, go see it. If you have seen it, go see it again. And that's the review. Hey, hey, this is Amber with this week's movie news. The teaser poster for Scream 4 has been released. Really? Scream 4? Come on. The first one was okay, but by no means merited the other two. All I can say is, I scream, you scream, we all scream for this to stop! In other bad sequel news, The Ring 3D, Step Up 3D, and Journey to the Center of the Earth in 3D... Dear Hollywood, we'll stop giving you our money. Please stop making crappy 3D sequels. It didn't work for Spy Kids 3D. It ain't gonna work for these. For our final story, Toy Story 3 has gone viral. They're marketing a new character, Lots of Huggin' Bear, in an 80s-style ad campaign. I love the idea until my three-year-old daughter wants one. Because you know they're gonna cost big bucks. From somewhere in a creepy basement, this has been... Wow, another comic book movie. However, this time I had no idea. This is my official review of The Losers. Like I mentioned, The Losers is based off of a DC Vertigo comic that involves special forces agents getting betrayed by their handler, therefore causing them to start their own personal war against the CIA. I felt the movie really captured this well. The movie itself presents a classic element of the team dynamic, where each character has their own relational feel that is more often than not forgotten by the film writers of today. The film is abundant with adrenaline-fueled action sequences, laugh-out-loud comedic moments, very quotable lines, and journey. And I ain't talking about no double vision. What's not to like about any of that? However, the beginning felt a little presumptuous in the fact that the writers expected you to have a pre-existent understanding of the characters. Yet, my minuscule distastefulness was lost in the pure fun of this film. Visually stimulating, this is one of those films that you can take your teenager to go see and it will feel like a badass rated R action flick. Psst, it's only PG-13. 
My expectations were low, but they were blown out of the water. I give this film five telekinetic pistols out of five. Time to go home.